Welcome everyone in podcast land, episode 5 of the Roll Stable Podcast. We have another great show lined up for you today. Can't wait to talk to today's guest. But first, let's get to a little news. If you haven't already heard, um, I think I mentioned this on the podcast earlier. Um, we record about 10 days before posting. So when you're listening to this, the news might not be as breaking as it is right now. But if by chance you haven't heard, Mules football will take the field this fall. They've entered into an agreement with Washburn and Northwest Missouri to play a pair of uh, exhibition-type games that might look kind of similar to an NFL preseason game. Starters playing for about a half before the second string comes in. Stats won't be counted toward any individual or coach's records. This is just more of a way to get guys on the field, play some outside competition. So the Mules will be home Saturday, November 14th to host Washburn. And they will play in Maryville the following weekend, Saturday, November 21st. Both games will start at 3 p.m. and have limited capacity in attendance, roughly 25% full. Fans are required to wear masks and spread out to adhere to social distance guidelines. For anyone unable to attend in person, both games will be streamed at no charge on the MIAA network. That's not all, though, for UCM action. The first teams that will compete this fall will be Mules and Jenny's Cross Country. They're actually running the day this episode drops, October 30th. So depending on when you're listening, they could be running right now. Um, a number of teams from the MIAA will be running in Wichita, Kansas at the Newman Invitational. And that update on UCM Cross Country will segue nicely into today's guest. Uh, last week, we had Jessica Sader from Knob Noster, the closest hometown to Warrensburg of any guests on the podcast so far. This week, it's the complete opposite. I don't believe we have any current student-athlete at UCM from further away than our guest today, all the way from Hamilton, Waikato, New Zealand, Mules track and field athlete Chris Goodwin. Chris, thanks for coming on. No, thank you, Joe. Chris, you actually just got back to Warrensburg from Odessa not too long ago. Um, I think a lot of listeners are curious about what goes into being a student-athlete at UCM. Can you kind of walk us through a typical day for you? So today's actually quite unique. So I st I'm an education major. So I've been observing an Odessa high school in a mathematics classroom. Um, so I need to get 50 hours this semester. And so I'm there from 7.30 to 11, um, Zoom back to campus. Um, I've got the pleasure to talk to you today. Great um, day. It's a beautiful day. Um, and then I got class at 2. And then after that, I head straight to practice um, to get the work done. Is that kind of uh, typical for you this time of year, really just class and then practice? Um, how do things maybe change when you're in, in season, in competition? Yeah, I guess this semester I'm quite fortunate with everything moving online. A lot of my classes have been able to meet in person, um, which I've been really thankful for. Um, you get to interact with your professors and classmates. Um, when the season comes along, there's a lot more pressure when we travel um, to keep on top of your schoolwork. Um, but as always, as long as you put your mind to it and get stuck into it, everything works out really well. Have you seen some major differences this semester compared to some of the other ones with COVID, with um, classes going online? How has that affected you? Um, the campus has been pretty quiet, definitely from previous years. You get to the weekends and you have the Jenny's soccer playing, you got Mules football, Jenny's volleyball, um, I guess our cross-country teams as well. So it's really awesome to get out there and watch them. And with COVID happening and not being able to do that, you can definitely feel a a slower pace of life in Warrensburg, but um, I would say I'm quite a quiet person in general, so I've enjoyed just being relaxed and just doing my thing, but I can definitely tell that the atmosphere's definitely gotten a bit quieter. 
So I said at the top of the show, you're from New Zealand. What brought you here to Warrensburg to, to UCM? So in my senior of high school, I knew that I wanted to carry on with track for another four years at least. Um, and opportunities back home for track and field are few and far between. Um, we don't have a lot of athletes that do it. Um, so I knew coming to America, I would have four years of great coaching, great facilities, um, great teammates and competition. So my thought process was if I email 100 coaches, if I can get 10 emails back, that's a win. And if I can get a relationship with at least one of them, hopefully they'll give me an opportunity to come over here. And um, I was very blessed to get three really good offers, um, but UCM was the fit for me. That's great. Were you kind of sending those emails to coaches across the country? Was there any kind of maybe region that you kind of zeroed in on, or was it really just you were just throwing out you know, your emails anywhere? I'll be honest. I, I couldn't name you all the states in America, so I found <laughs> Division One, Division Two, um, a couple of JUCO schools um, to send emails to. Um, I guess some of the schools are all the way up north into Rhode Island, um, all the way down to Texas. Um, so, yeah, I really just – I I wasn't too concerned about what division I was going to. I just wanted to go to a program that the coaches would invest in me, believed in me, and would give the opportunity to improve and get better. Did, did NCAA and, and division, you know, division one versus two mean anything to you at that time? Did you know much about the differences when you were looking at these schools? In terms of track and field, not really. Like, there was really good athletes across both divisions. The only thing that stood out to me was kind of the money side of things, that Division One had really big facilities, um, really flash uniforms, just all those little pretty aesthetics. Um, but seeing the depth in Division Two as well, I was not put off to come here for track and field. And do you remember the other schools that you were communicating with? Uh, it got to the end. Um, I got really generous offers from Rhode Island University um, and Texas A&M Commerce. So Rhode okay. Island was Division One, mm -hmm. uh, Texas A&M Commerce was Division Two, and then UCM, which was also Division Sure, com Commerce, just like uh, the Mules, always in contention for conference and, and national championships. Yeah. Um, growing up in New Zealand, what was it like there? You know, when you were in high school, were you playing a lot of different sports? How did you settle on track and field? So... I'd say growing up playing sports back home through elementary school, um, I kind of tried my hand at everything. Um, I remember I tried tennis, cricket, uh, I played soccer, obviously track and field. I did swimming for a little bit, a little bit of cross country. I played basketball, I remember. Um, and as we kind of got older, definitely towards high school, you very much chose one sport or chose two sports and you would do those. It was very hard to kind of cross codes definitely in like a winter season or summer season. So once you reached like eighth, ninth grade is when things kind of started getting specialized. Yeah. And I think by age 10, I had set my heart on doing soccer, which we call mm -hmm. football, um, and track and field. Is What's what's the kind of the national sport of the country? Is it soccer or football? Uh, rugby. Rugby? Rugby will okay. be our national sport, which... That wasn't for you, though? No, I I enjoyed it. I would say I was a late developer, so I was always a bit nervous getting onto the field with the big boys. But um, no, I enjoy watching it. Um, I enjoy getting out there, throwing a ball when I can. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess because of that, my opinions on American football is uh, a little different, just because I grew up playing rugby. And so you, you were doing track and field for a long time. I assume you probably did a number of different events when you were younger, too. How did you kind of settle in on the horizontal jumps? 
So I started track and field when I was seven years old, but I've been around the sport since I was a baby. I was like, my dad coached athletes in track and field. And so these photos from when I was two running around at the track at that age, um, he made me wooden hurdles and wooden starting blocks that I would run over inside. Um, but definitely from age seven to 14, um, I would try all the events. I've thrown discus, shot put, javelin. I've high jumped, long jumped, triple jumped, run all the races up to 1500. Um, it's really just get exposed and have fun mm -hmm. at that age. And then around 14, 15, I kind of knew that my calling was more towards the jumps. And when I started specializing, that's when I started to progress and excel. Did you ever have dreams of, of becoming a multi, doing the decathlon? I always have. I've always loved doing all the events. Um, I hope one day to complete a decathlon, but right now my, my value on the team is somewhere else. <laughs> How often do you get to go back to New Zealand? Have, have you, you know, gone back recently? Have you really just been kind of here for the last four years? So last time I went home would have been Christmas of 2019. Okay, um, so almost a year ago now. Almost a year ago. The plan was to go home this summer, but due to the pandemic happening. Um, I was very nervous that if I were to go home and things got really bad, um, I wouldn't be allowed back to the mm -hmm. US. Um, so I stayed here this summer, which I've enjoyed. Um, did a little bit of work to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. um, got to work out and relax. Got to do some sightseeing. Um, but no, it was, I, I wouldn't say I get homesick too much, um, but FaceTime makes it very easy to stay in touch with sure. family. What is it like traveling from New Zealand to the U.S. or, or back. I think I, I Googled this before coming on the show. It's about a two-day trip. Is that right? It's very close. The last time I went home, I flew from Chicago. So I went from Kansas City to Chicago, Chicago to Auckland, which that flight was 16 hours long. Um, it's a long time, but I'd say I'm a seasoned flyer now, and I can I, I fall asleep pretty good and wake up, and there's a few hours. Do they left. have those, those big planes where they kind of lounge all the way back, and, and you can recline and really get a nice sleep in? If, if I had the money, I would, I would go business class. <laughs> um, but no, nah, I just did an economy. Um, those really big airliners, even an economy, it's not bad. Mm. There's a little bit of leg room. We've got our TV in front of us. Um, so yeah, I would say I'm, I'm comfortable. What do you miss most about uh, New Zealand? <sighs> Probably just the, the quick access to really go to lots of different places. Um, I can get to our west coast in 40 minutes. I can get to our east coast in an hour and a half. Um, I can get to our biggest city in just over an hour. Um, and really kind of just having all my all my mates back home that I grew up with in high school. Mm -hmm. I love playing football, soccer. Um, so always hanging out with them, kicking a the ball around, even while doing track. Um, those are some of the memories I miss a lot. Is there anything that you've kind of learned about America and, and Missouri in your time here that maybe you were unfamiliar with before before arriving? Biscuits and gravy. I'd say that's a, that's a unique one. Midwestern food. Yeah. Um, barbecue, much the same back home. Um, I'll be honest, the first time I heard of Missouri was in the intro to Guns of the Galaxy um, when they're driving down the country road. Mm -hmm. But um, no, I've, I really enjoy it here. Um, it's really close to Kansas City. Warrensburg's got a nice small town feel to it. Um, but as always, the people make the place and the people here are amazing um, from the locals to the coaches staff to my teammates. What's uh, some of the biggest differences between the U.S. and New Zealand that you've noticed? Um, honestly, it's not a, a huge difference. Um, it's more just little subtle things. 
Um, obviously, like Western culture is very similar. We've got McDonald's. Mm -hmm. um, our styles of breakfast, lunch, dinner are very similar. Um, I'd say our food back home is not as sweet or greasy um, as over here. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's really similar. It's so not too different. Let, let's say I were to travel to New Zealand in, in a month. What, what is the one food that they don't have here that I, I need to try, that I need to eat? Pineapple lumps. What was that? Pineapple lumps. It's a... Pineapple lumps. It's a candy. It's got a okay. cho chocolate covering with like a marshmallow um, center. Okay. It's, um, I'll, I'll say and it I'll, tastes like pineapple. Is there pineapple in it? No. It'll be a... No. It'll be a, it'll be a flavor. It's the flavor. Um, I know what's other Cadbury chocolate. Love that. Um, lamb. I'll say lamb is my uh, my favorite meat. Okay, lamb is very very flavorful. Yeah. Um, Cadbury chocolate. I know, I know a lot about. I have a friend in Canada, and she talks all the time about the difference between <laughs> Cadbury chocolate here in the U.S. versus Canada, and you can definitely taste the difference. I was like, Hershey's is nice, but it's definitely not Cadbury chocolate. Right. Right. So you got here in fall of 2017? Yes. Is that right? Yes. Um, was that your first time in the U.S.? Uh, I had come over in 2015 for a family holiday. So okay. we went to California and we did the theme parks. We did the rounds. We went to the Dodgers, um, one of the Dodgers games for baseball, which was a cool experience. Um, very different to the Midwest. Sure. Um, but I've still, I've been to America before. When you first got here, was there anybody on the team that maybe kind of took you under their wing, showed you the ropes, how things are kind of done, not only with, you know, UCM track and field, but here in America? Yeah, I'll tell you, the, the track and field team was really welcoming. Um, I had lots of little friendships that helped me settle in. Um, I think the first two on the team that I met were Zach and Nick on the cross team, um, which was awesome. And Z then, Zach Adams and, and Nick Victor? Yep. And then Kale Conconnen and Trent Davis really looked after me. Awesome. And then Jesse Miller um, for the jumps um, really kind of showed me the way by example. He's an amazing athlete, and I learned a lot from him. Now you've competed in all three jumps, the long, triple, and very occasionally the high jump. Um, you've made nationals for the long jump. You, you've scored, I believe, in, in both the, the long and triple at uh, the conference meet. Do you have a preference between the long or the triple jump? Long jump for sure. Yeah. Also, I've been long jumping since I was seven. Um, I, I triple jumped my eighth grade year in high school and then we gave it a miss for the next three, four years just because it's a lot of stress in the body and I was still growing. Um, and then we revisited my senior year of high school. So it's still relatively new when you compare it to long jump. Um, but still, I know with time it's going to be very good. Right. It, it, there definitely is a lot of stress on the body in, in the triple jump. It's really three jumps that you're doing at once, landing it hard on, e on each leg. Um, they say it's also the most technical event in track and field. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I still haven't mastered it. And it's <laughs> going to take me a long time too. Um, it's, it's got the component of speed, but you have to control that speed, and that's where the, the strength in your legs comes into it. Um, and just being able to control it technically is a big deal. Um, but... I'd say there's lots of other events in track and field that could be just as, if not more, difficult than the triple jump. Sure. I, I believe just this past summer you tried your hand at the pole vaulting. Is that right? I did. Um, I dabbled in it here and there. Um, again, just exposing myself, some cross-training. 
Um, definitely not my event, but um, I enjoyed giving it a go. A lot of, lot of fun getting up on the pole. Absolutely. <laughs> getting thrown through the pit. <laughs> so the end of the 2019-20 indoor season, you guys, you just gotten down to Birmingham and Alabama. I think it's the day before a competition is even supposed to start. I don't know when, what day you were competing at, but that's when the NCAA said, hey, we're not, we're not going to host nationals anymore. We're not going to have it. Can you take me back to some of those kind of emotions of that day when, when you were told, hey, you're not going to be competing at nationals? Um, what was kind of Coach Danvers' message to the team? And then what was that bus ride back like? Yeah, so we traveled down on the, on the Monday. We drove halfway, um, stayed on the outskirts in Tennessee, um, we drove the second half of the journey on Tuesday morning, um, got the facility to shake out and we got word that day that there was going to be limited attendance internationals, um, because of the whole situation. Right, things kind of were progressing as the week was going on. Yeah. And at that point we we're still confident it was going to go ahead. So we did our business. I went to sleep Wednesday came around, got to the morning. I did my pre-week workout and went really well. We're getting excited. Um, got back to the hotel that evening and I was rooming with Trey Miller and we're sitting there and we're refreshing our phones and we first hear that Harvard's pulled their athletes out. We refresh again and the ACC has pulled their athletes out from the Division One Championships. We keep refreshing it, refreshing it and then all of a sudden we get a text from our head coach Kip saying that the championships have been cancelled. Um, I'll see you on the bus in an hour. Was there any kind of message he gave you guys on, on the bus? or Not a lot. Hot, hot. We kind of just left it to ourselves to I guess everyone had different emotions mm -hmm. and I guess it's hard to group everyone's different situation you've got young guns um, like myself that still have more years but Dalton and Nate who are seniors they're already all Americans this was their last championship sure the, the, I was like, the throwers Dalton Llewellyn and um, Nate Cummings yes I was like their emotions were being very different to us so it was a quiet way back we um we actually got the we went back to the stadium to pick up the poles and no one was in there. And so we were able to walk out onto the, the 200 meter track just ourselves and you could hear a pin drop. So we, we soaked up walking around there just thinking what could have been. Sure. What, what were kind of some of the thoughts going through your head, you know, being on the track or on the bus ride back? I was like, my philosophy for the season is that I prepare for the conference meet and then to do well at nationals. And every meet beforehand is in preparation and practice to get myself to compete well at those big meets. And so we had done a great progression of building up into conference and building still through the nationals. So I was very confident that we were going to hit um, our season's best jumps, if not a PR in that meet. Sure, I think you took fourth, was it, in the long jump at the, at the conference meet? Which yeah. I would love to be in all, all, all MIAA in place in the top three, but when those top three are one, two, three in the nation, right. it's, I, I really can't complain. It's top conference. <laughs> But um, so that would have been your fourth trip to nationals. Is that right? Yes. You've competed three other times. You've been in the top 15 all three times, the top 10 twice. I know it's hard for me looking at results. It's got to be hard for you being so close to an All-American award. What do you need to do to kind of break through and get that first one? I was like, I go back to my outdoor nationals um, the previous season where I got ninth and I jumped to PR. It's it's disappointing not to be an all-american but it's hard to argue that i went out there i jumped the furthest i ever have in my life um so i i can't be disappointed in my performance all i can do is get back on the track and keep putting the work in um, and trust the process as kip would always tell us speaking of your coaches you just mentioned kip 
He's an Olympian. Curtis Brondike, he's competed at the national level. Uh, Kirk Peterson, All-American. Perhaps most underappreciated, your jumps coach, Guy Mosier, who coached Kip to the Olympics. Yeah. What can you say about them? What is it like working with them on a daily basis? I was like, I didn't get to meet Guy when I was doing all my recruiting process. So that was kind of a blessing in disguise that I happened to fall in his lap. Um, each of those four coaches brings so so many different attributes to the team. Um, and my relationship with each one of them is very different, but meaningful nonetheless. Um, Guy would be my predominant coach that I work with throughout the week. Um, I still have a lot to do with Curtis. I always visit with him and talk through stuff and issues and problems and how we can be better as an individual, as a team. Um, and Kip, I would say is, I, he's like a master. And I don't have a lot to do coaching-wise, but I really enjoy his company and the wisdom that he bestows upon us. And so you, you said that uh, Coach Mosier is your predominant jumps coach. Who do you kind of relate to more as an athlete? I I relate our coaching staff to what I had back home. My my father was my coach growing up, and I also had a jumper, Regan Standing, um, who was young at the time. It helped me with high jump. Um, and so I had two very different opinions. I had the the old wise of my father and the young youthful of Regan. Um, and I can relate that here. I've got Guy and Kip who have are seasoned mm-hmm. coaches and athletes, and then I have the youthful view of Curtis. Um, so I enjoy the flavor of both of them and the knowledge that they, they bring to the table. Now, I think once Guy got here, he started really bringing in a lot of video and breaking down form and technique. Mm. What can you tell us about those sessions? What do you guys look for? He's a he's a technician. I was like, we start the session and he will go over our technique, um, the science behind it, why we are doing particular things. Sometimes it may be a bit too long. Um, you but just want to no, get out there and jump. We just want to go and <laughs> compete. We want to go jump. But um, no, having his such attentive focus on what we do um, and translating that into our jumps um, is so helpful. So your your personal best, I think you mentioned, came at Outdoor Nationals last year in yes. 2019, right? Is that right? Yes. So you're now one of just five mules to ever jump 25 feet, 7.62 meters. You know, with the long history of mules track and field, what does that mean to you to be in, in, you know, in such greatness? When I arrived, I would never have thought I could have got up to where I am in such a short amount of time. And that will be testament to the program, to Kip, Curtis, and Guy, um, for what they've done for me, laid out a platform for me to succeed. Um, but the, the more I progress, the more we train, um, the craziest thoughts of what I could do. Eight meters would be an amazing barrier. That's, that's um, my next question. Is <laughs> your goal next, eight meters? Always. And being realistic, it will take time. Um, I'm still young. I'm still maturing as an athlete, as an individual. Um, but I know if I keep working, as always, um, good things will come, and hopefully I still keep progressing. Have you given much thought to your long-term future in track and field? I don't know what the landscape is like in New Zealand. Is there a chance to, to be you know on a... New Zealand national team, you know, once you graduate? So there's lots of opportunities back home. Um, we've got like Oceania Championships, which would be our kind of area region. Um, the first stepping stone for me would be to qualify for World University Games, um, which I would have qualified with my jump at nationals. Um, however, I had too much following wind behind. Um, but that's coming up this next summer, so that'll be the first stepping stone. 
Um, and the next would be trying to qualify for the Commonwealth Games. Um, jumping eight meters would put me in contention. Um, and yeah, I'd love to try and get to that point. And if not, I'd love to give back to the sport as a coach um, and help kids just as my father and Kip Curtis and Guy have done for me. But you do have some aspirations, at least for the short term of competing after uh, you, you graduate UCM. I would love to, as, as long as I can, um, both physically and financially, um, I'd love to give it the best go I can. And what, what does track and field like in New Zealand? Um, how popular is it? What, what are some of the standout athletes there? What do you think you need to do to, to jump to be on one of those national teams? Track and field, is, it's really quite small. Um, I can recall going to our national meet back home in high jump, and I competed against four other individuals, um, which is a little sad. Um, but saying that, despite our small numbers, we have some very talented athletes. Um, a lot of our young athletes coming through the ranks are in America right now, competing. Um, we are have they around your age? You're in, you know, university. Yes, okay. in the in the NCAA um, system. Um, we've got some great throwers and distance runners coming through. Um, for those of you that are OKC fans, Stephen Adams, his older sister Valerie, um, is a two-time Olympic champion in the shot put and a one-time silver medalist. Um, so we have a lot of really good athletes back home, but we don't have the, the depth that I don't think America has. Sure. And have you had the opportunity to, to talk with any of them that are over here in the States now? I keep in contact with a few of them. Um, I got to see, um, a really good friend, Leah, at one of the local meets in Pitt, um, Pitt State in Kansas. Um, I got to see my friend Matt down at Nationals a couple of times, um, so, and we all follow each other on social media, so we get to see each other's progress, and when we go back home, we can always catch up. Very and, cool. Yeah. And now what about the short term? COVID gave you another outdoor season. It did. Um, are you planning on taking that? I think you're, you're set to graduate May 2021, is that right? Yes, I was going to, so this was going to be my last year, mm -hmm. and I was going to student teach in the fall, um, but due to the situation, and we get given our outdoor season back, um, I've thrown one class to the spring, and we're going to take that extra season. So I still have two more years here. Two more outdoor seasons, one more indoor season. Is yes, that right? Yes, from my understanding. Okay. All right. Very cool. So, so a little bit, a little extra time here in the states for you. And I'll soak all every second of it up. The Mules Jump Squad kind of undergone a renaissance the last couple of years. Ever since kind of you've been here, you know, you came in, and then we have. Uh, Brad Jenkins, Jesse Miller, national qualifiers, Jeremy Barnes scoring at just about every conference meet. Yep. Trey Miller, he, he's a multi, but you got to throw him, you know, in, in there too. What is it like uh, practicing and, and just being around these guys on a daily basis? It's um, it's uh, it's interesting. I'll tell you that <laughs> we have uh, we have a lot of fun. We joke around, but when push comes to shove, we um we get down to business and we do the work. Um, I was really proud of our crew. Um, would be my sophomore year. We were the number one jump squad in the nation for Division Two, um, which takes your four jumpers on a team and averages their performances. Um, and even better than that, we were third across all divisions behind LSU and Coffeyville. Um, and again, that's down to Guy and the coaching staff, laying a, a great environment for us to succeed. Um, and then just everyone helping each other and working off one another. What, what is the atmosphere like at practice and at meets? Practice, a lot of dancing, 
Uh, I say I try and learn from uh, Jesse, Brad, and uh, and Jeremy. Um, How's that coming? I, I got a bit of rhythm. Okay. I'm not at their level, but we're, we're getting there. Um, when you're on the runway in practice and you're doing your jump, your focus is very much on those few seconds and what we're trying to work on. Um, when we come to a meet, as much as we're teammates, we're still competing. Um, so we support each other, but we do respect that each of us is there for a reason. Um, and our routines may be very different. Um, but I think we respect that and understand it. I remember when we hosted the outdoor conference meet, the jumps events at conference meets are really becoming like must-see you know, action. Um, what is it like competing against those different athletes within the conference? How tough is the MIAA as a whole? We, the MIAA at the previous nationals had over half the competitors in the long jump, which is crazy. And there's a few other events. And like that's the about, one. what, 18 to 22 athletes? Yeah, about 16, in, 16 in to 20, yeah. And, and so, so we had over about 10. Yep. And women's wow. pole vault is very much the same um, with such a deep, deep field in the MIAA. Um, it was one of the greatest competitions I was a part of. Um, the caliber of athletes, the distances they were jumped. Um, it's, it's absolutely amazing um, what this conference has been able to do in the past few years. Shifting gears a little bit, this is, is your sister Kayla's first year at UCM. It She's is. a multi-event athlete. Um, was that always the plan, to, to bring her to UCM? Did, was she looking elsewhere? Um, what can you tell us about her? I think she initially didn't really give too much thought into coming to America. Um, I, th I think I spoke so highly of my ex experience here um, that she was intrigued. Um, Unlike myself, I know she had people reach out to her halfway across the world, um, but Kip very much had his eye on her, and after she got to meet him the previous year when they came and watched conference, um, they built a relationship and she kind of felt at home, um, knowing that she was going to be looked after, um, I think being with me as well, um, but just knowing that there's a platform here for her to succeed and keep improving. Do, do you have other uh, siblings, or is it just the two of you? Just the two of us. Okay. Who Who's the better athlete between the two of you? If you look at numbers, uh, obviously I jump further, I run faster. <laughs> um, she She's had a lot more success than me, and credit to her because she's worked hard for it. Um, she is an amazing athlete. She knows just as much, if not more, than I do in all the events. Um, but what she's been able to achieve in the past few years has been amazing. Um, and I'm excited to see her under the watchful eye of Kip and Curtis, um, and even Guy for triple jump to see what she can okay. achieve. And so she's going to be a multi-event athlete. What are some of her best events? So she does the heptathlon, which in that event, she runs the hurdles, long jump, shot put, high jump, 200, javelin, and the 800. Um, which is all together, and then she also does triple jump. Okay. So, she jumping is her main event. So she's um, like she's like you. She's very she's talented a jumper. triple jumper, um, but she also is very very good at everything else she does. <laughs> <laughs> You're already in the top ten at UCM. Been to multiple national championships. What do you want people to remember remember about you and your time here? And now I assume if I were to ask this question in a couple of years, it may just be, I want them to remember me as something other than Kayla's brother. <laughs> Speaking right now in 2020, when you do graduate, what, what will you want people to remember about you? 
well, I hope they do remember me as Kayla's brother because they will assume that she's going to do some amazing things. But um, no, I hope I've brought a different flavor to the track and field team coming from halfway across the world, a different uh, flavor on techniques and work ethic and personality. But um, just I want to be remembered as just a, a good individual that's here for the, the well-being and benefit of everyone on the team. Um, that is always here for a laugh, a good time, but also wants the best for each and every single one of on the team. Now, track and field typically is one of the teams you know at, at a college or university that has more international students than others. I know we we have kids from obviously New Zealand, um, Czech Republic, Austria, um, Kenya, in, in in Africa. What can you speak about being an international student and an international student athlete? We, um, we've got a nice little, a group and a community. I remember when I first arrived, um, I was through orientation with Akimo Minot, who was from Jamaica as a sprinter. Um, and he was really fun to get along with. Um, Vincent Hobby, who came over as a pole vaulter. Um, I didn't realize at that point, but we had competed in competitions against each other in New Zealand and did not know each other. That's pretty cool. So that was crazy. Um, Jan... Uh, the other pole vaulter, I've been golfing a little bit with him. Um, mm. I wouldn't say we're any good, but we're, we're getting better. <laughs> um, Liar from Spain. Um, it's, it's really fun. We've got relationships with people from America, but knowing that a few individuals are in the same position as us, moving so far away from home, um, we can relate and get to know each other. You feel a different kind of kinship with, with those other international teammates of yours? And I guess people from... Vincent from Germany, Jan from Czech Republic, very different cultures to back home, but we still mm -hmm. understand the differences of moving away and to a different environment. And so we may speak different languages, um, but we still understand each other. And You yeah. understand the language of track and field. We do, and that's all that matters in our sport. <laughs> Chris, always a great time catching up with you. Thanks for taking the time to be on the show. You got any final words? <sighs> no, but thank you for having me. Um, mm -hmm. I look forward to the upcoming season and snouts out. Where uh, where can people follow you at? Uh, Instagram. Uh, you can follow me at uh, C Goodwin. Oh, Christopher Goodwin underscore 18. Excellent. <laughs> this has been another episode of the Roll Stable Podcast. You can find us online at ucmathletics.com, the UCM mobile app, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Roll Stable video podcast also comes out each week on YouTube. For Chris Goodwin, producer Tony Manzo, thanks for listening.